Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Screen Talk. I have as my special guest this week, I'm Ann Thompson, uh, editor-at-large at IndieWire, and my special guest is Christian Blauvelt, who I consider to be our uh, managing editor, the man who keeps all the trains running on time. What's your official title these days, Christian? It is managing editor, and uh, seriously, it is a pleasure to be here. First-time caller, long-time listener. It's, it's a real pleasure. So let's get into it. So this week, um, we start, and also, uh, Christian, everybody should know this, you're functioning on several fronts at once. You don't specialize in film or television or classic films, which I think is your real bent, uh, if the truth be told. Uh, you get your uh, you get it in where you can, but you, you cover everything. And uh, that's, an, that's a thing. That's, that's a hard thing to do. All right. So we did, uh, this week we had the Golden Globes nominations and and um, that was first up early on Monday morning. And the thing about the Globes this year, of course, is that the HFPA is undergoing an enormous um, change. Um, it's controversial whether they've changed quickly enough. Um, a lot of people think they haven't. I personally feel strongly that they should have rigorously uh, evaluated their uh, membership and gotten rid of the ones who are dead weight. What do you think? Oh, I agree. I think keeping the entire existing membership and just adding 21 additional members means that, you know, a lot of the original issues are still there. Um, it's like, it feels like the changes that are kind of cosmetic, like you have, you know, these issues that are driven by this original membership body, and then you add a number of people to that. And it feels like it's just kind of topical. It's covering it up. It doesn't feel like it's structural systemic change. And uh, that's informed a lot of the decisions we've made this year in terms of how to cover the clubs. Yeah, so what we did was we made, I mean, I know some of our sister publications didn't cover it at all. And you, if you looked at the at Twitter on Monday morning, uh, there was kind of a resounding silence. Uh, but what we did was just to do a kind of matter of fact uh, winner's list at the end of it. We made no hoopla out of it, but it's still a news story. Yeah, exactly. You had uh, a combined analysis piece about the Critics' Choice Awards as well. And uh, Libby Hill, our TV awards editor, had a piece about um, you know what the Globes need to do in order to regain any relevance. Um, it's arguable how much they had in the past. But it was really the show that had an impact because it was so big, because it was yes. on television. This is sort of a, this is one of those things like, you know, if, if, if a tree falls in the forest, do we hear it? I mean, if, if there's no television show, do the Globes even matter? That's a great point. It's so true. And that's one of the things like, I think I assumed when NBC pulled the Globes from their broadcast this year, from that slot, and, and we're like, no, we'll revisit this in 2023. I think I thought that maybe the Critics' Choice Awards, yeah, sure, they're still on the CW and that's a contract that was never gonna change. I thought that maybe they would 
rise up and take a little bit more of that clout just because they have the TV platform. But what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like that they've stepped in and, and sort of encroached a bit on where the Globes used to be? That that thunder? Well, there's a guy named Joey Berlin who who appears to be more of a controversial figure than I thought, uh, given the LA Times and their bent for uh, muckraking into the finances and, and ethics of all these organizations. I mean, I, I think the CCAs are perfectly valid. Um, but what they what they are is a much more credible working professional organization with a much larger national. In fact, Canada is involved as well, and they have some international members now. Um, it's it's a it's a it's like 500 people, you know, all of whom are working. You know, I mean, these are these are uh, television, radio, print, online. Every, you know, I'm a member, to be honest. Um, you know, a lot of people at IndieWire are, um, yeah. but the but the trick here uh, is that they have a smaller TV footprint, and so even if they want to be opportunistic and 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 entrepreneurial and re and try to fill the void, they don't have the impact mm. on the on the in terms of influencing the world with who wins, right? It's, yeah. it's really about, that's what the Globes had uh, more than anything. And, and it isn't like anyone in the Academy ever took the Globes seriously in terms of who they picked. In fact, they were often the disdained and the object of ridicule, given some of the silly things they would put in. Um, but but uh, and, and people knew who they were and didn't take them seriously at all. Uh, whereas the CCAs, if you, I, I take what they vote for as maybe they're my peers, but I take it much more seriously. I, I think you've made a compelling case in the past that the Critics' Choice Awards actually do are, are much more predictive That's of right. the eventual Oscar nominees and winners. Partly because they're a mainstream group. Um, you know, they, they're big enough so that they cover a, a, a wide swath of taste. And, and they've been just over the years incredibly predictive, uh, where the Globes really haven't been. What you can do with the Globes, if you're playing the game that we all play, is you take, you take the Globes and the CCAs and the SAG Awards and all the different groups. You figure out who's winning all of them, and you know who the winner of the Oscars might very well be. But it isn't uh, at this stage. Um, we can't make too much of it. But given what, you know, given what actually did, did happen, um, we can we can extract you know that certain films are are coming out um, ahead and if you look at you know the MBR went to Licorice Pizza and Will Smith and and Rachel Zegler from West Side Story the New York Film Critics went with Drive My Car which is a foreign candidate for the Oscar and and the Spirits uh, put that in there too and 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 you have um, Campion doing well with the New York Film Critics and you have um, uh, PTA getting screenplay and you have uh, Lady Gaga getting in and she's getting in everywhere. So she's she starting is. to look like a real contender. She looks like a real contender. And, you know, then at Critics' Choice, I mean, you have West Side Story getting so many nominations, Parrot the Dog getting so many nominations. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like right now, what do you think is the front runner, if you, if you don't mind? Do you think it's still, do you think it's West Side Story? 
I have a terrible feeling that as much as people love West Side Story and it's getting really good reviews and the word of mouth on it inside the industry is very good. And it's, of course, it has all the crafts, you know, this incredible, it's inc impeccably made and the actors love it. So it has lots and lots of things going for it. Tony Kushner wrote an extraordinary screenplay, I think. Um, but what we're going to end up with, and Spielberg could get in, uh, it'll get into the best picture race. It's been hurt by the box office. Oh, no. No, and, and it's, I know that in, a, in the real world that we live in, we shouldn't be taking the box office so seriously because it's, it's not fair. To, to do that, but if you put a movie out and it has to, to, to meet expectations and it's only in theaters and that's the only way to measure it and you can't say, but it's also on HBO Max or something um, or Disney Plus or whatever it is, you, you, there's no reason to explain why it's not doing well in theaters. Right. And, and, the, and the truth is that these movies, these Oscar movies, are for adult audiences. That's what they're for. That's the point. And exactly. I'm starting to feel really crazy because I think that the, the boost that the box office used to give, it's only benefiting really Dune at this point. Which is remarkable to think that a film that opens like $40 million or so its first week of the, now that's such a success that now it's, it could even like power it through award season to an extent. That's remarkable. I think Dune is doing very well. You know that it has oh, yeah. drafts. You know oh. that. And if you have Jim Cameron saying he loves it and taking Villeneuve seriously as a colleague, you know, you know that means something to, to people in the Academy. And, and it doesn't have actors, though. It has that sci-fi mm -hmm. uh, curse on it. Um, I don't think of it as a sci-fi movie, but it is a space opera, if you like, an epic. So uh, there are some people who just don't like that kind of movie. And so you need the crafts to be behind it and you don't have the actors behind it. But it's still going to go far. Yeah. The one that has everything, maybe not as much the crafts, the one that everybody loves, the one that I think could win Best Picture, King Richard. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I will say, though, King Richard, I, I, I really liked it myself. I think it's an extremely well-crafted sports movie. I think it's a great character study. I think that just the complexity that Will Smith brings to that character, that he's not just entirely a heroic figure, that there are some jagged edges to, to his Richard Williams, I think is really interesting. Um, that said, couldn't we also say that, yes, there was the HBO Max factor, so who knows what impact that had. But King Richard really didn't make a huge splash at the box office either. No, I think it, but I think it gets a pass. Because of the HBO Max thing. Because everybody knows that everybody watched it over Thanksgiving at uh, home with their families. And everybody knows that it wasn't a big scale uh, uh, visual epic, uh, that it was a family movie. And so there's a sense that it did well, even if it didn't do well at the box office. I think it's a sh crying shame that it didn't yeah. have a chance to perform at the box office as it would have pre-pandemic. I'm quite confident because I saw it play in a theater, in a festival, so I, at Telluride. So I saw how it played, you know? Yeah. So, so th that's the kind of thing where I go, it could have had that boost. So sure. it's a little bit more of a sleeper candidate in that way. You know? Right. Well, I mean, it is such a such a crowd pleaser if anyone sees it you know i mean it 
by the time you, it's about, it's an over 140 minute film. I mean, by the time it's over, you know, you feel like you've like spent years with these characters practically. You've seen so many different phases of their development. And uh, it's, it, I think it's the kind of filmmaking craft that often isn't celebrated as much as it should be. Because I mean, not everyone can write a screenplay like that. Not everyone can, that's a very difficult thing to do, to just be, very entertaining, but have some complexity, have some nuance. It's it's tough. I'm sorry. You know, pe- people may not think that it's as showy as Dune or even West Side Story, but I do think that there is a tremendous amount of craft to be found in King Richard. Well, I also think that uh, Ronaldo Marcus Green brought a, a certain grounded authenticity to it that should be commended. I mean, what he did yeah. was remarkable. Um, so I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big King Richard fan. I put it on my 10 best list um, because I wanted, I didn't want to leave it out at all. At all. Yeah. Um, and, it, and the good news this year is that there are more films than, than, you know, we, I had to leave some things off, but that one oh, I can't. Um, so, so Drive My Car is continuing to do well, just as a foreign uh, film contender. Um, I would say Flea is also a foreign mm-hmm. film contender, international feature film contender. Yes. What about documentary for Flea? Documentary. I think it'll play in both. I had dinner with some folks last night who were asking if it had a chance in animation. And they were trying to convince me uh, that it did. Um, and I, I'm skeptical there. Uh, but um, if there's enough people in, in the, you know, participating in that um, voting uh, from out of town, out of, out of town, uh, overseas, I mean, it could have an international following. Yeah. yeah. Remember a couple of years ago when Honeylands was the first film to get both an international feature and a best documentary nomination at the Oscars? If Flea could get those two plus animated feature, wow, that they're would trying. Be- they're also trying. I think it's Neon. They're also trying to get it to best picture, which which would be a feat. I mean, it's doing well. It's always on some winners list. Yeah, it's not being left off. I mean, there's it has competition from Summer of Soul on the dock side, because that's getting everywhere as well. Um, you know, there's a list, if you look at the at the, um, the spirits list, you've got mm-hmm. Flea, Summer of Soul, Ascension, In the Same Breath, and Procession. They're doing very well, those films. They're getting picked up by lots of different groups uh, over, over across, the, across the board. Um, and I think Mitchell's versus the Machines on the animation side is getting picked up everywhere too. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you know, so I know we talked about how critics' choice is sometimes predictive, often predictive, perhaps, of the Oscars. In recent years, there's been some criticism about the indie spirits hewing a little too closely to the Academy's picks. This year, that was definitely not the case. They moved away after that criticism. I would say for the past two years or so. Yeah. They've been going arcane. <laughs> that could be the word. Uh, no, they're they're putting us as they should. They're putting a spotlight on the films that that need to be seen, like Zola and and A twenty four had like thirteen nominations. Red Rocket got some attention for Simon Rex and. And uh, I was really, really glad that Troy Kotzer got in there for Coda. That's another movie that's going to end up on the Best Picture Top 10, I predict. Coda. Because it's such a crowd pleaser, such a warm, embracing movie that makes you feel good. Uh, We're still going through some dark times, and people are responding um, to that. I would be so happy if Kotzer got in. 
And talk about a word of mouth hit too, because that debuted at Sundance, you know, in the virtual Sundance this past year. So that was January. It didn't hit Apple TV Plus until August, I believe. And now it's just, you know, it's had all these months to just sort of percolate and reach some more people, people Real who check screen, it out and tell their the friends. Hell out of it. Screened the hell out of it. They're they're pushing it hard, and uh, and and they've, and they've done a, a really good job. That's a case where the movie call is is what you just have to get people to see the movie, and the yeah. movie does the work for you. Um, the other one that's coming along nicely, um, I was glad to see Ruth Nega did get a Spirit Nom, and I I think she's such a great she gives such a great performance in passing and I've been disturbed at the way that movie just seems to not get the kind of traction that I would have hoped it would get another Sundance movie another Sundance movie and I'm I'm equally shocked by that because I was blown away by by that film when when I watched it during Sundance and I thought this is a thing of such delicate beauty and you know really I mean the performance that Ruth Nega gives that Tessa Thompson gives I mean why aren't we talking about them more in award season here? I mean, I'm glad that Ruth Nega also got the Globe nomination on Monday, but you know, I, I want to see more for this film. This is this is one of the best films of the year, and uh, it's just it's shocking to me that we're not talking about it more. And the other one that got a Spirit nomination was Clifton Collins Jr. for Jockey, another of my another Sundance, Sundance things. movie, and I thought he was fantastic. Fantastic in that movie. Now, Sony Pictures Classics picked it up. They know what they're doing. They're screening it. They're getting it out there. It's a long shot, I know. But I just think that's a case of uh, a veteran actor uh, who just gave his all uh, in yeah. a leading role for once in his life, you know? Yeah. I mean, he has been in the business for so long and has done such great work, so many different kinds of projects. And now to have this lead, this lead role and to have it be so emotional, yeah, it's it's a beautiful film. I, I really hope people will check it out. Yeah, me too. So that's so I'm not I'm not criticizing them at all. They did great. Uh, people should know, by the way, that the Robert Altman Ensemble Award that that went to uh, Mass, which means that they're gonna the whole cast of and the casting director and the director everybody will go up on stage at the Indie Spirits in a tent, you know, three weeks early this year uh, because of uh, they want to have a little more impact on the Oscars than usual. Um, that 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 they don't. If you get that award, you're not eligible for any of the other uh, categories. So it's a weird thing that the indie spirits do, and I've, I've I've always sort of accepted it and taken it for granted that that's how it works. But it does feel whenever they do that, I always feel bad for the movie that it doesn't have an opportunity to compete in other categories. Yeah, that's really that's almost like a, a can stipulation in a way or something. It's like, oh, you've won this, so you can't be up for yeah, anything. It's just a strange thing. Anyway, uh, I do think Anne Dowd is most likely to be the breakout from yeah. that in supporting actress. She is such a moving performance, and uh, across the board. I mean, that 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 that's another film. Again, at Sundance, that you know, I I feel like if people see it, people will be talking about it. No, it's a it's a it's extraordinary what those actors. It's a group of it's four actors playing two sets of parents, grieving in different ways for lost children, um, and it's it's intense and and incredibly well well done. But the movie that really comes out uh, ahead um, from the spirits, at least, is Lost Daughter, um, which has been picking up steam. Uh, for Maggie Gyllenhaal's uh, debut film. And I think Olivia Coleman, she got both the Globe and the CCAs. Uh, she'll get in as well to the Best Actress race. What do you think about Maggie Gyllenhaal for Best Director at the Oscars at this point? 
I think she has a better chance than Ruth Hall of, of passing or Sean Heder uh, of CODA, because uh, there's only five slots uh, at the Oscars. I think Campion takes it, and I, I'm not sure there will be two women this year. Um, I think that the likelihood is that uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal will get a, a, an adapted screenplay nomination because she did such a good job with the Elena Ferrante novel. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, it's been a lot to sort through this week. So many different uh, nominations. Uh, plus, you know, then today uh, to, you know, well, we had Obama's list, which is always a cause for some <laughs> celebration and excitement on Twitter, at least. It was a very what, good 25? list. 25? What was it? 25 title? I mean, it was not a 10 list. Yeah, it was a little bit more than 10, I think. He really, he really, he had books. He had a book list. He, he, mm -hmm. He's really, um, I read every book. I looked at every book he read this year that he put, I mean, you know, there's, these are the best books he read this year. What about the ones he didn't like? You know, Exactly. I want to see that list. More, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's inspiring me. Somebody suggested that Obama's trying to get into the Academy and they should put him in. Why not? You know, he's a well, producer, documentaries for, de for Netflix. Yeah, I mean, for American Factory, and and uh, he was involved with Crip Camp as well. So why not? You know, that could that could an absolutely... Oscar winner under his belt. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I'm just so happy. We mentioned Drive My Car briefly earlier, but that is my favorite film of the year, and uh, I'm so excited to see that he put that on his list as well. But I'm curious, where do you think um, Drive My Car stands for? Uh, best international feature? Is it like neck and neck between that and Flea or, or what, what's happening there? What I'm picking up um, is that there's a, a, a handful of movies that everybody, I mean, the way that it works. So we should say that as of, to, as of yesterday, the voting for the shortlists ended and that was between December 10th and December 15th. So all the people that participated on the Foreign Language Committee or the International Feature Film Committee, uh, they opt in from all different branches of the Academy. And it, it last year, it expanded a lot, because, partly because of COVID, people had time. They didn't have to go to actual screenings. They could see things online um, all over the world, wherever they were. And there was more like a thousand people instead of just a few hundred. It was more like a thousand people that participated. And I have a funny hunch it might even be bigger this year because they've been putting a, a real uh, campaign into it to get the more, more people to participate. They have to see 12 movies each. Wow. They're assigned a list. And I've been sort of asking around and finding out what they liked and, and, uh, and it's it's uh it's an interesting it's an interesting i mean if you're curious i mean the ones that we would have expected the hits from the festival are doing well a hero the thing about a hero is that um asgar farhadi he's won twice from iran uh you know a separation he's so regarded he's a real auteur people have so much respect for him and a hero is playing very well but it's the odds that that movie would win again are slim. Yeah. I just yeah. don't see that happening. Um, and so I think that Drive My Car is actually in very good shape, but the three hour running time is a, is a thing. Ooh. So now, what's the enforcement for that to ensure that the voting members see 12 films in order they to track it online? It they make exactly sure track. you watch it. Now, supposedly you have to watch a certain percentage of it. Uh, but a lot of people, I've heard this, I'm afraid, a lot of people, if, they, if they're watching some title they don't like at all, 
they just leave it running in the background and go do other, other things. Oh no, that's terrible. Yeah. 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 Uh, you you should see that there. Watched Compartment Six, for, which is the great little uh, great entry, Sony Pictures Classics entry from from Finland. That they watched it from the beginning to the end, and it, they felt the second half was so much better than the first half. It it does change direction. Um, and I would be, I mean, off the subject of foreign language, I would be horrified if someone watched, for example, The Power of the Dog mm. and didn't see it all the way through to the end. Yeah. And Drive My Car, if you're in a theater and you watch it, it's three hours long, but you don't feel that. You're immersed in this thing. It is It is a gift to watch that film in a theater. Absolutely. No, it really is. I, I got to tell you, so I first watched Drive My Car just on my laptop. Uh, maybe not the ideal way to watch it, but I was, regardless of the, the format, I was so I, I captivated by it and immersed in it. And I let the film just like envelop me in such a way that I, I, those three hours went by so fast. I wasn't like clicking into other tabs or doing other things. I was watching it on a Saturday. So I had few distractions and, and that film was just like the most incredible it was like immersing yourself in another world in a sense it was like this film is like it's still going even after the credits roll it's like occupied a place in my brain now and uh no i just loved it so i do feel like even with home viewing if whether it's on a laptop or a tv you know if a film is good enough it should hook you and drive my car certainly did that for me i've been disappointed to see just how on how few lists in a lot of ways bergman island has appeared it hasn't I gotten loved bergman, bergman island I love that. I like that film even more than the worst person in the world. You know, I did too. I, I would say um, worst person in the world is 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 good, uh, solid movie. And the New York Film Critics actually gave it best for foreign language film. So uh, you know, it keeps popping up. It, it, it's getting mentioned over over and over. So we can't ignore it. Um, but that that there's, that one's divisive. Uh, worst person. It, some people love it. Some people don't don't love it as much. Um, and uh, so what are the other, what, uh, Dune, of course, is doing very well in the yeah. end. No matter what the critics say, no, no matter what the critics groups do, I'm not worried about Dune. Um, no. Do you think it, it could follow a similar path to like Mad Max Fury Road? Like Yes, exactly. Because the crafts are behind it or, or, yeah. or House of, uh, or uh, Life of Pi, you know, right. uh, not, not House of Pi. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, and I, I'm curious to see where Belfast ends up. Uh, you know, I feel like um, that's a that's a crowd pleaser, but I'm not I'm not positive, you know, what what categories it winds up in in the end. Isn't that interesting? Because a few months ago, it seemed like it could really be a sure thing. And I personally was very moved by Belfast. I, I think it's actually, it's a beautifully told film. It's very personal. It's okay. I, I do have a bit of a connection to it because my grandfather uh, came to America from Belfast when he was three in 1912. So a very different time than the era depicted in the movie. But, uh, you know, having that connection there, I was like, wow, to think that, you know, this is what he left behind and everything. So I, it even spoke to me just kind of on that, that personal level, but I, I don't know. I, do you feel like it's connected with with as many people as at Telluride you might have thought it would have? It played well at Telluride, and I reported as much, um, and I saw that it played really well. Uh, it, it and actors love it. You know, um, I'm just curious to see where it, it, it feels like it peaked early. Uh, it's a timing thing. Sometimes mm -hmm. the the recency bias favors the thing you've seen 
uh, most recently, you know, and, and so Tragedy of Macbeth is picking up for Catherine Harris or, um, you know, or Denzel Washington, or you feel like, um, you know, suddenly Cyrano is starting to screen and maybe Peter Dinklage gets in or you, you, you feel, or, you know, you know, the crafts are going to go for, for Cyrano. It's just gorgeously yeah. made. Um, or you, or you see that, uh, something like licorice pizza is steady as they go uh you know i i just in power of the dog is going to get the crafts too it's going to be you know everybody's going to be responding and the actors uh and the directors and the writers you know so it's it's a you need to have everybody behind you uh, or at least a few big constituencies to get where you need to go we should wrap on a humorous note. So we talked about Obama's list today, but we also discovered Paul Schrader's list of his 10 favorite films of the year. Well, Obama uh, I, included the card counter on his I was very happy about was that. Great. Obama I loves caught the card up with that finally, and I thought it was excellent. It's, excellent. A, it's an extremely gripping story. I mean, it's, it's Isaac like, was amazing, right? He's great. And I mean, that movie has some twists. You, you know, could argue that Tiffany Haddish was miscast, and we'll you know let that go. It's funny. I've thought a lot about her performance, and I think the more I think about it, the more I I like it. Um, you know, it's it, the whole process that she had of of working with Schrader. I think is really interesting. Um, but the, the film the film is clinical to an extent, but it's also just really immersive and and gripping, and it takes you to some narrative places that you don't quite expect. Um, so that was my second favorite film of the year. I said that Drive My Car was my first. Um, the card Counter was the second. But how funny is this? So it was on Obama's list, but on Schrader's own list that he reveal, uh, revealed today to Screen Slate, uh, he put his own film, The Card Counter, He has no qualms. <laughs> <laughs> he tells the truth. He tells it like it is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But he had Memoria on there. Eric would be pleased uh, to see that. Uh, he had West Side Story on there, which I thought was great. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, that he, he appreciates the craftsmanship of that movie. You know, of course, of course. I mean, such an such a remarkable craftsman himself. So, um, no, I was I was excited to see that and got got a chuckle. Of course, that was a very fun way to like punctuate this whole week of all these nominations and lists. So we have the LA uh, film critics coming up this weekend. So we'll be curious to see. They're an influential group. Uh, they 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 definitely. Well, at this stage, it's all about getting the voters to see the movies. That's yeah. really the bottom line. And 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 we hope that they do check out uh, some of the ones we've been talking about. So thank you, Christian. Appreciate My it. pleasure, Anne. This was have so a good much holiday. fun. Yeah, I mean, so often we're just so busy with the day-to-day -day of our jobs that we don't really have conversations like this. So literally, this was partly me just picking your brain as well about like what's what's gonna what's gonna happen with the, the Oscar race here. It was very illuminating to me. <laughs> Thank you, Christian. Talk to you soon. Take care.